0: Good to beaver's movies my name is james beaver thank you for tuning in today we are still in the downtimes right now as we are guestless as i am running solo for the next month maybe a month and a bit uh thank you for joining if you are a regular listener i know there's still some of you out there and i do appreciate it um so today we watched a good movie i am very happy that we watched this movie uh it's one of my personal favorites from when i was a child um and it Still manages to be a, a good movie as I watch. it. I enjoy it. Uh, fantastic cast. In uh, an update from last week, we actually had the director not get in contact with me, but like the poster on Instagram, which was very interesting. Uh, and if you're listening right now, checking out what I'm doing, um, I appreciate the effort you put forth into your movie. It wasn't for me. I thought it sucked. Uh, personal opinion, but uh, just keep doing what you're doing, my man. That's if you're listening. You're probably just like, ah, oh, this this guy is a hater. Ignore him. I I hate when people use that term. When people call somebody a hater, it's just they're just being ignorant to criticism. I've had plenty of people mention stuff about this podcast, and I've taken it on the chin, and I vow to improve. I've vowed to improve the way I speak, the way I uh, do my technology. Uh, it's just what you got to do. you sometimes got to take on the chin. Uh, I don't want to be negative here. It's all about positivity, um, apart from when I talk about shitty movies, I guess. Uh, yeah, so we had a really good, uh, fun movie. Uh, I mentioned it last uh, episode, and it was Maniac Cop, starring Robert Zadar, Tom Atkins, and Bruce Campbell. And so in a, Just after the uh, little special thing I cooked up in between segments uh, We will uh, give you The, the full skinny on 1988's Maniac Cop Yo, wait a minute What's that, What's that? What's that? What's that? Stop this Out. It means that the Maniac Cop's around Once upon a time he was a super cop But the bad guy's thankful to make him stop They put him in prison when they tried to kill him But he broke out now he's the villain Bullets won't hurt him I know it sounds like Jai But when I show him he's dead or alive Set him on fire I shoot him with a That was the Maniac Rap Composed by Jay Chatterway The soundtrack director for the movie Uh The Maniac Cop 2 This was not in this movie unfortunately so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about its prequel, The Maniac Cop. It came out in 1988. It was directed by William Lustig, who is famous for such movies as Maniac, Maniac Cop 2, Maniac Cop 3, and a bunch of other slasher movies you might have heard of. Uh, written by Lar- uh, Larry Cohen, who you may may know of. Uh, we'll go deeper into that later on. Uh, starring Tom Atkins, Bruce Campbell, Lauren Landon, Richard Roundtree, William Smith, Robert Zadar, and Sherry North. The movie came out in May 13th, 1988. Uh, It had a budget of $1.1 million and made $600,000 back on the box office, which was a flop. Uh, Negative reviews was on the release, but because of the cult status of the movie when it came out it ended up spawning two sequels maniac cop in 1990 and maniac cop 3: the badge of silence in 1993 uh so uh my personal opinion before we get into the deepness of the movie i really really enjoyed this movie uh fantastic cast with tom atkins being amazing as usual uh so let's just uh, Dig right into it. The uh, movie opens on an unknown police officer getting ready to really set up. Uh, you know it's a maniac cop because it's, the movie's called Maniac Cop. They're not going to divert you in any way. And uh, as a, as every time you see a name, it would pause. as like putting the bullets in his belt and such. We then open to a pool hall as a lone female exits with lightning strikes creating eerie homage. Uh, she's mugged by a group of hoodlums. And as she screams for help and defends herself, manages to get away... She is given chase by these hoodlums and manages to find a hiding spot. She charges forward towards an unseating officer. And this is the first time we see the officer. And every time you see the maniac cop until the end, he's completely in darkness, really adding to the effect. You don't really get a good look at him apart from in the middle of the movie, but it's not really him as the maniac cop. Uh, so he manages to like grab her, like double-hand pick her up like in the wrestling movie, where it's the double hand choke, and then just rings her neck like, like a towel. She rings her neck like a towel and just drops him. The the hoodlums freak out and pretty much run away from this. And the next thing you see is him getting dragged against fence, going, and they're just screaming, "It's the cop! It's the cop!" Basically yelling about this big cop. We are then introduced to Tom Atkins and. I love Tom Atkins. Uh Night of the Creeps. Halloween uh the third Halloween movie. He's just an amazing actor. He's always got that charisma and everything to him and every scene he's in. In this movie, especially a movie with Bruce Campbell, he's a shining star in this movie. And this is with Bruce Campbell, who's a shining star in himself. So uh he's in the morgue and he knows a female, apparently mentioning that. He has a nightcap with her pretty often. So apparently, alluding that, he would just often have sex with her. And apparently she has sex with a lot of the police officers. I might be del- uh, delving too deep into that right now. Uh, so basically, he commented on the um, hematomas on the neck and that they're giant. Uh, apparently, Atkins is the true believer of this movie. He's the one that believes that it actually is a cop. Whereas people were saying it's just some... Some asshole in a cop uniform just trying to make the police less trustworthy, trying to create an uprising or something like that. Uh, so that was the first murder. We then get to the second murder where we cut to a, a couple drinking and driving. You know, drinking and driving is bad, don't do it folks. They uh, nearly blow a uh, red light, but as they stop and he's drinking, the uh, a cop shows up and knocks on the door. Pulls him out, makes him do the sobriety test. This is also where we get the best weapon in the movie. He has this uh, baton, and what he does is he opens it up behind his back, all like ninja-like, and then slashes the shit out of this guy. The woman's freaking out as she watches because it's there's a couple in the car, and he basically just tosses the guy into the windscreen. and She's just screaming and freaking out, and then drives off in a panic. Uh, then, yeah. So we get that. We then cut to the commissioner, and he's uh, talking to Atkins about: Is it a cop? Is it not? And then, basically, it's your you know your average where the where you got that one guy who's the true believer that it is a cop, and then you got the other people saying no, it's not. It's just your typical horror f- fair. But Atkins really uh, pulls through with this. He's uh, a pretty he's pretty charismatic. He's really really good at this. Um, he, not as good as he was in Night of the Creeps, where every time he answered the phone, he was he just answers with "Throw me." That's how he answers the phone in the movie the entire time in Night of the Creeps, and it's just pretty awesome. So then we cut to a guy, and he's just uh, packing like away his bag, and as he goes to pack away, maniac cop strikes again, handcuffs him, bashes his face against the door, handcuffs his other hand, and then the guy starts running. And in a funny scene, he's uh, by, it looks like a apartment block. And he's headbutting all the the buzzer buttons trying to get some help. And all you can hear is just people complaining, going, shut the fuck up. Go to sleep, asshole. I'm trying to sleep, asshole. So they're not helping him. This movie is set in New York. So, you know, your typical New York asshole. Sorry if you're from New York, but that's the uh, stereotype you guys set up for yourself. (laughs) And so, uh, out of nowhere, all you see is this giant foot come out of nowhere and trip the guy. And he ends up landing in wet cement. And then all you see is Maniac Cop grabbing by the back of the head and then just stuff him. So in this movie, in the first, like, 10, 20 minutes, I don't even think it was 20 minutes, we've had three pretty cool kills, all different you had like a cool ass neck snap you've had a a guy get slashed by a really badass baton weapon which i'm actually looking on ebay now as we speak because i want to buy that and then we also have a, a comedic uh kill because when when you next see the guy he's face first in this in the now dry cement and this worker's trying to jackhammer him out. He's dead, but you kind of got to get a body out of the way. You just see a cop going, oh, I have to be that guy. Just Not, not even saying it, but you, you just look on, on his face like, I don't want to be that guy. So then we're introduced to the mayor of, the, of New York City. Uh, he doesn't want any public announcements. He doesn't want it getting out that there's a cop going around killing people. Uh, we then cut to Tom Atkins, and he doesn't agree with this. He wants everyone to know that there's a cop out there killing people he doesn't want to add fear but he wants to make sure that people are cautious and also to kind of light a fire under this cop to make sure he does something stupid you know trying to you know what he did was reckless as evidenced by later on but it was it was still what was needed to do Uh, in in my belief you know he he's a smart character in this movie he does what he needs to do maybe it's just me fanboying out for tom atkins but you know what it is um so he gives it to this female reporter and then the mayor instantly from this you see the mayor look at the paper and he's freaking out he's mad because someone leaked it and basically he knows it's atkins because he was you know, because he's in with the commish. And the commission's is like, yeah, he came up to me and said, hey, Atkins was, was asking about this cop. So he basically plans to keep him alive until this guy. And then he's basically going to, as he says, cut his balls off. So then we get um, the radio about the maniac cop. You hear about how this cop is killing people and everyone's all panicked. And you see this woman and she's having car troubles and as she as she's having car trouble she looks behind her and she sees a cop arrive and she's already nervous enough and then the cop checks puts his face near the window and she pulls out a gun and shoots him in the face and then as you can see it's clearly not the maniac cop it's actually a baby face cop and so now we're ramping up the, t- the tension because now citizens are killing cops uh, citizens are being killed by a cop and no one knows what's going on We're then in- introduced to um, another cool cop is uh I don't have a name for him uh well I I don't know his name but I refer to him as gruff captain because he looks like Merle from The Walking Dead but he has this really really gruff voice like he's smoked 50 cigarettes a day for the past 20 years and that he'd been punched in the throat on his last day as a plainclothes officer. And so, (laughs) this is at the 20-minute mark, as I mentioned, and we are then introduced to Bruce Campbell. And this was very weird, uh, because in this movie, Bruce Campbell is framed for the maniac cop killings, so they kind of wanted to do a... you know, like the opening credits, but in a totally different way. So you kind of see, you don't even see it the top of his head. You just see him putting on his uniform. Uh, his wife is complaining, saying to him that, oh, I don't want you to go out. I'm very nervous. I I, I don't want you to go out. I'm very scared about it. Uh, so then, you know, he's, you know, taking too much overtime. She's worried about him and apparently has night terrors and screams her awake. She, you know, so she's very skittish because as she's skittish, she walks to the the uh, phone, she answers the phone and goes, and the the lady on the phone basically tells him that he's gonna kill somebody tonight. Or as I refer to it as, because I didn't, I I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I don't know the uh, plot twists. Uh, psychic bitch calls because basically she's saying so you know he's gonna kill somebody tonight. So clearly somebody's watching her. So, uh, he begins his beat, or his, uh, patrol, and his crazy wife is following him. She's, uh, packed a gun, she's put on her night jacket, and she's following him. As she's following she notices him walk into a motel room. She sneakily, uh, walks in, and t- it turns out, uh, he's not really on patrol. He's basically cheating on his wife with so- someone named Woman, as, as we know. Uh, so... What happens is, uh, she pulls a gun on him. She just pulls a gun in him, starts freaking out, and she escapes to the, the motor room after the mistress is basically telling her, let it go, just go away, just, just piss off, basically. And as she's leaving, uh, down the street, she is snatched by the maniac cop. The next day, um, housekeeping comes in just doing a normal thing worried about the damage and she knows that the woman has had a neck slash so now we have the prime suspect and what i realized was is that someone very close to the maniac cop was the one that called his wife to set up him being framed so spoiler alert which actually is the next segment as bruce campbell's character is being briefed for his morning shift he is pulled aside and told your wife's dead You did it, fucker. Come with me. That's pretty much it. And he basically offers to show him pictures. Uh, So then we get... um, Yeah, also the captain... uh, Captain Gruff, as I refer to him, is a douche. Because he's the type of dude that wears sunglasses indoors. And only really takes them off just to tell you that you're fucked up. Uh, So, fuck him. We then get Gruff and uh, Atkins interrogating uh, Campbell. Uh, His lawyer shows up and basically tells him to fuck off. And then sits down, looks Campbell in the face and goes, you did it, didn't you? Didn't you? And then Campbell is kind of, in this movie is kind of a dumb fuck. Uh, he has an alibi, uh, it being that his mistress, but because she's a police officer too, he doesn't want to lump her in. But if I had a murder to charge, I would name every single person that I saw. If I saw my friend down the street telling me, you know, just said hi or just was pissing in a street corner and saw me walking in at a certain time... I would drop every single one of those motherfuckers in it because guess what? You're not catching me on a murder murder charge. So uh then <laughs> that was my rant for the day. We then see uh Atkins and uh Gruff watching a TV piece about the experience with cops, basically adding to the atmosphere that nobody trusts cops anymore, which is kinda kinda funny watching it now considering the current climate. Uh, Atkins believes uh, Campbell is innocent and he's protecting someone. Gruff could give a fuck. He's like, eh, fuck him. He, he, was a, uh, he was a lousy cop anyway. We've got our guy. So Atkins meets Campbell and basically tells him, you you know, there's a maniac cop and they believe it's you. I know it's not you because you're protecting somebody. And basically he says that his mistress is a fella cop and she's working by She's trying to entice this uh, gentleman that is calling on her. Uh, he instantly says you're a cop, and she goes, "Yep, go home." And so as she's walking down the street, she is uh, attacked by said maniac cop. And I, I originally thought she was going to be dead to kind of make Bruce Campbell a bit more lower on the totem pole because, well, not the the totem pole in that he's guilty because now his alibi is dead, and so that. That was the intention for the Miniac Cop. So, uh, a shot is heard and Atkins drives by. Uh, speaking of which, we see a glorious, glorious outline of Robert Zadar's chin. This man has a chin that could... It could take a punch from Mike Tyson and still stand. It's a giant chin and it's glorious, especially in the moonlight as you can see his shadow. So uh, a gunshot's heard as that skin is basically going to pick her up. He runs runs out uh, as basically the vice cop is telling him, Hey, I'm a cop, you idiot, pointing a badge and he's basically beating the fuck out of her. Uh then we get Atkins coming in. They both open lead on him and he manages to escape before before long. But they basically put six bullets in this motherfucker and he didn't go down. They then start to uh, ask they start to like show off their bruises and the cuts that they got from this killer. Uh they basically mention that there was this woman from twenty years ago that's kind of a dead mother that might know of a cop that has kind of gone crazy, so they go to her and ask her. Um he and then he tells her here's a key, lock yourself up in my apartment, which is kind of funny to me because he's trying to put the moves onto her, even though he knows she's kind of taken, uh, even though he's taken too. You know, it's just, a, it's just a cop circle jerk kind of thing. So Atkins returns to the station and starts talking to the dead Dent mother. As soon as he talks to the dead mother, she instantly knows something. And then, so when he informs go going on, she, she basically pisses off and he follows her to this to this like peer kind of thing and so what we get is the den mother is the inside agent working with the maniac cop and so what she's doing is she's leaking information to the maniac cop she's helping frame bruce campbell's character so what happens is uh and funny enough as tom atkins is doing his own thing he accidentally knocks over a pallet And then she freaks out and just starts firing everywhere. Then she turns and realizes that uh, the maniac cop is gone. And now she's freaking out because he might not need her anymore. Atkins manages to escape. Basically, he pulls a gun on a guard, says that he's taken a leak, apologizes... And then leaves. We then get some exposition time. Turns out, maniac cop was a hero cop named Matt Cordell, and was framed by City Hall and put into prison and murdered by the mafia. He had a girlfriend who tried to kill herself, but just got crippled. Hence the dead mother. We then cut to a sleeping maniac cop, and we get the flashback of how this happened. So you had the exposition, and then you had what happened. This this whole this whole section could have been combined. Maybe a little bit of the maybe interwined together rather than having it separate because all you see is him twitching in bed and then you get a judge banging a gavel for like what felt like two hours but it was actually probably a minute and then we get him in prison We, we 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 now see the jaw he is uh, brutally stabbed in prison. It was pretty uh, gruesome. You see his face getting slashed up and everything like that. The only thing weird is they had this weird theme to it and it sounded like a nursery rhyme to me. I don't know if you've heard similar but it was very very weird. Uh, we then get, um, join the exposition between Atkins and the guy at the library, like the police library. Uh, the exposition cop walks into the mayor office and he's at and the mayor's asking, why is Atkins there looking up Matt Cordell? And he starts... The exposition cop looks him in the face and goes, Fuck you. I retire in a week. You're a crop piece of shit. And I hate your guts. But then he issues himself a death flag. Uh, he retires in a week. So, knowing these movies, he's pretty much going to die. Unfortunately. Uh, we then get uh, a reunion between Campbell and his mistress. They enforce... They've been, they've been informed about Cordell, and Atkins is saying Mitchell will handle an interrogation. Basically, they make out. That's pretty much it. Atkins checks their mother's desk, and she proceeds to beat the fuck out of him. Like, battering the fuck out of him. And as she tries to escape without the crutch, she's, she's like, crawling along the ground. And as this is happening, she sees a dead body. Basically, Matt Cordell is there, aka the maniac cop, and he's beat the fuck out of everybody. And as this is happening, Mistress and Campbell has also left the interrogation room because they don't know what's going on. Uh, They initially asked this guy, but it turns out his face has just been implanted into the bars and he's out like a motherfucker. We then get get him basically saying, hey, go hot ride a car. I'm going to see what's going on. As this is happening, Tom Atkins is being ragdolled like a motherfucker. Maniac Cop is throwing him everywhere. Uh, and then before this, he bear hugged the fuck out of uh Mother. He doesn't need her anymore because they know she's the rat. So he doesn't need her anymore because she won't get any more inside information. So what we have is um, basically she's dead. He basically, basically he reverse bear hugged her. ...dropped on a table... ...and then old Tom Atkins... ...and then proceeded... ...as mistress was in the car... ...throws him out the window and lands... ...and then Bruce Campbell being the most unlucky cop... ...dude... ...guy... ...whatever in the world... ...as he's doing this... ...a lackey of the mayor shows up... ...he's, he's like a... ...he's like a higher up police officer... ...but he's basically the mayor's bitch... ...and he basically tells him... ...hey... I got you red-handed. You killed all these guys, and then as he, d- as he does this to go reach the phone, he touches the hand of Den Mother, and she's dead. And he proceeds to scream like a girl, which was pretty funny to me. Uh, as this is happening, we then get um he manages to escape and basically bypasses all the dead bodies in the station. Uh, one thing I was wondering though is uh, the man's lucky. How did he get there? did he teleport or was he on like the roof just chilling out because if he was so afraid of all the dead body you know one dead body wouldn't he be afraid of all the dead bodies around him uh so then so then proving that uh bruce Campbell is a bit of an idiot being a wanted man for the murder of civilians and police he decides to go to prison because he wants to talk to the coroner uh it turns out that according to the coroner that coroner never died he was on the edge of brink of death and he never died he revived him and gave him to den mother so that is how he survived he's not a zombie he's just apparently a super strong brain dead hero cop which is weird to me Uh, and then he, he instantly says just what I think about Campbell, because as he checks the paper, he goes, you do realize you're wanted, right, you dumb motherfucker. Pretty much. And it's like, yeah, you're wanted. Why would you be on the run? Why would you carry on the investigation? I know it's to clear your name, but to walk into a lion's den where you're eventually going to end up if you get caught is a stupid, dumb move. And then as this is happening, we then get into the, the final part of it, because the nurse comes in, hands the coroner a tie and says, Happy St. Patrick's Day. Apparently, St. Patrick's Day was uh, Matt Cornell's favorite holiday. And he loves to go to the St. Paddy's uh, parade and loves to walk in it. So, And because he's kind of reversed everything, he likes to kill citizens and stuff like that now, he's going to hate the parade. And so, basically, his intention now is to kill the people that killed him, which includes the commissioner, who was his captain, the mayor who fucked him over. And so now we're, we're leading up to the finale. We we then get footage of the parade, and I swear it's B-roll. I swear they just got random, like, B-roll. We also see protesters protesting the parade, saying that it's too violent outside right now, and that they don't feel safe. The commissioner and Gruff meets with the mistress and reveals it's Cordell. And the commissioner basically says that Atkins, before he died, left a message saying that she's helping him. Basically just really vague shit rather than saying Cordell was being helped by this. So she's instantly arrested. Uh, she's booked She's booked by some creepazoid and basically he turns out to be a scumbag intending to be a hero saying come on tell me everything so that i can be a hero as this happens uh matt cordell shows up and off-screen kills the commish and then you can kind of see him stab uh gruff captain to, to death that was a bit of a shame i would prefer they would do it up close but it i don't know it's just it just felt weird especially it being his you know his goal was to kill these guys as Mistress passed by with Scumbag Cobb, he is stabbed in the chest and this is actually a pretty interesting scene because as this happens his dead body is just laying there and she's kinda of having to drag him across across the room while trying to escape um the maniac cop. And I thought it was really interesting. Because you kind of see, and you cannot even see her hand all messed up. She manages to, like, grab his key and everything as he's bashing the door open. She escapes by throwing a chair out the window and escaping. And as this is happening, continuing the string of bad luck that uh, Bruce Campbell's character deals with, the cops see him and in- arrest him. So now he's uh, in a paggy wagon, as they actually say. Uh, to make to further make him unlucky, uh, we have a maniac cop hijack the truck and drive off. With uh, a mistress and what I like to call a fodder cop in tow. They chase her a bit in typical fashion. Nothing too out of the ordinary. Nothing too good. She then mentions Pier 14 because Atkins told her about Pier 14 where they met. Uh, he, as it's happening, uh, the, I think the same security guard that Atkins pulled a gun out on uh, is run over by Maniac Cop. As is happening, Bruce Campbell is bouncing around. And then we finally get the final showdown as the paddy wagon stops inside the pier. Now it's Chim vs Chim. Robert Zadar aka Maniac Cop versus Bruce Campbell aka Bruce Campbell aka J- Jack Forrest I believe. I think that's his name. I just know him as Bruce Campbell. So look it up. Uh, so as this is happening Bruce Campbell is stuck in the paddy wagon. Uh, as mentioned by the film. And Maniac Cop pulls out a fire axe and is starting to... Bl- basically chop the fuck out of it in, in an attempt to get him as this is happening Bruce Campbell decides to say fuck it and just dives through the door in an attempt to get it away from him doesn't really work out well because instantly Robert Zador okay, I keep saying Robert Zador ah oh, well maniac cop picks him up by the throat and this is the first time we see his face and it turns out it's not as gruesome as I remember it being I think it might be because I've seen the sequels more than I've seen this one and I think his look is a lot more messed up in that. So uh, I do intend to do a future episode. I actually want to get a guest in uh, because I've been attempting to record this for about an hour and 15 minutes. And I just, I have no one to bounce off with. So I would, I'm, yeah, sequels coming soon with somebody else. Don't worry about that. As this is happening, uh cop is killed. Uh, Mishra shows up with a shotgun, instantly lose it. Fodder Cop picks it up, well, not Fodder Cop, Maniac Cop picks it up and shoots Fodder Cop in the chest because somebody got to die. And then as this is happening, he realises, fuck, I'm in trouble. Uh, jumps into the uh, paddy wagon and starts driving away. Bruce Campbell's saying, fuck that, I'm going to give chase. Dives along, alongside and is trying to go. him. He's punching, he's punching. Funny aside, um, as Maniac Cop's driving, he does a quick nudge. And then his body's straight as he's driving. It's just... He it, it looks like a rock and sock em robot the way his like whole body's straight apart from his arm moving. Uh, so as this is happening, um, a pole basically blasts through the maniac cop's chest. And in a hilarious moment... Uh, this is my favourite villain trope, is when a villain is... Badly hurt, like mortally wounded, they scream for life. If you remember the episode I did with James Colbert on Cobra, when the main villain died, he screamed bloody murder, and it's my favourite villain trope. When they get hit and they seem invincible, but when they finally get hit, they're just screaming, and it's it's music to my ears, ladies and gentlemen, because it's it just it makes it makes the movie feel better when they just give that big girly scream. And everyone's like, "Oh, f- yeah! Finally!" You don't get that enough. You all you get is you know the stoic. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. All badass and that. Level. Sometimes you want a villain to just scream his ass off. So then, uh, they f- basically fly into the river, and then the movie ends with well, the movie was meant to end because as they see the uh, paddy wagon coming up, Bruce Campbell has managed to be safe with his mistress. Uh, Nobody's in the uh, pier and then as it goes down you notice on the legs of the pier a hand raising because maniac cop is still alive we then cut to the mayor and he's basically saying that yes it was him Uh, you know C- Cornell and then we then cut to the mayor's office the mayor is celebrating that Cornell is now dead He's in the clear, even though he set up a man to die, he's now in the clear, but he just wants to relax a bit, and he's getting very, very drunk, and as this happens, you, uh, his aid leaves, and then it pans over, and funny enough, there's some feet underneath underneath those curtains, and then you see the curtain raise up, walk through, and you hear a bloody scream, And yes, the maniac cop is still alive, and he's completed his mission. So, uh, what did I think about this? Uh, It's aged. It's aged pretty much. uh, But it's still fun. It's a very bloodless movie. Um, For a slasher movie, it it wasn't as violent, but it's typical fare for an early 80s slasher. Around that time, slashers were really being uh, aggressively attacked. For their content. So a lot of it was turned down. Like the Friday the 13th movies were hit pretty bad. Uh, other than that. The performances were great. Uh, this was probably Bruce Campbell's first role. Um, he wasn't very charismatic. He was more of a. Uh, like a dopey character. That did stupid decisions. And stuff like that. Uh, more reserved for Tom Atkins. Who died way too soon in the movie. Uh, they, it would have been nicer to combine combined the one character. Rather than have. These two characters that have decent traits but one dies too soon and the other's just too d- dopey for his own good. So that was a shame. Uh other than that, I really enjoyed it. Uh Robert Zadar was pretty awesome in this movie. Uh I'm still looking on eBay for that cool ass baton sword because I would like I would like that actually. It looks really it looked really good. Usually around that time around the time this movie came out you have like a cool ass weapon. You know you had freddy with his glove michael myers with the butcher's knife uh jason with the machete leatherface with the chainsaw and so it was nice that they brought their own thing to this series yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break and then have a quick chat and then that'll be it welcome back so what we're going to be doing right now is talking about what we're doing in the future the idea i have right now is i'm building a list checking it twice want to find out who's gonna watch a movie with me uh the idea is to do because in december i'm going to be away for three weeks out of the country so i won't be able to upload in those three weeks but i'm intending to get enough uh stuff in the can for everybody to listen to while i'm away i might even do some episodes while i'm over there but i want to kind of I don't want to rely on those episodes to to, to be brought out because I won't be able to edit as much. I'll just be able to just do the raw files and go from there and edit them when I come back. So that will be my intention. Uh, as you know, as I've been editing, uh, right now I've noticed I breathe like an insane person when I'm on this podcast. So I've just spent the past 20 minutes taking out these <laughs> heavy, breath, <laughs> heavy breaths that I, I do. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Back to a regular schedule. This will be released at uh, noon on Friday. I'm uploading it right now. Uh, I'm looking to record another episode in the next day or two. Maybe a bit more editing on that one. I'm looking to do more editing and improving myself in that aspect. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, pl- please message me if you have any questions, queries, or even like to come on and if you have something in mind. Uh, we've got the Twitter Beaver does I. Instagram at BeaverJMM. We've got the Facebook at uh, Beaver Does Movies. Just uh, find that in the search. Uh, if you like to get uh, a hold of me straight away, the Facebook be good place to go. Uh, if you don't have that access, we also do Beaver Does Movies at gmail.com. That will be another place to try. Uh, I have my personal Instagram, be- BeaverJMM. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, follow us on Stitcher, google play or itunes whatever takes your fancy uh i appreciate you guys for listening thank you very much next week is berserker hell warrior god help me and then after that i will be open to something else uh but right now i'm thinking i might go to the funny funniest side rather than something i might, might like appreciate you guys and have a great one